If you're an American conservative, you know that the societal values we hold sacred are under attack. They are hanging in the balance. How can you protect those values? By staying informed. The closing argument will deliver news and supporting evidence you need to support and defend those values. Here's Paul Smith. Good morning. This is Paul Smith, your host of The Closing Argument. In this podcast, we discuss some of the important but controversial moral, political, and legal issues that affect us and our families today. Some of the things we discuss are not politically correct, and I recognize that this may offend some of my listeners, but they need to be discussed anyway. Uh, We need to know the truth about certain things, and we need to preserve our liberties And the world needs to know that there are a lot of us who challenge some of the views that are gaining acceptance in our schools, in our media, and in the government, but which are not right. And we need to speak up and make sure that the best we can, we can establish truth. Now, I have with me today for my guest, uh, Jeff Holtzinger. We're going to talk about uh, some climate change issues. How are you doing, Jeff? I'm doing great. Thank you. Great. So um, this is the third of our podcasts that deal with some of the science on climate change. And in our prior discussions, we talked about global warming a little bit. We talked about uh, CO2. Today, we're going to talk about some other um, aspects of climate change and some of the supposed effects, which really uh, are disputed and, and may not be actually accurate. The uh, Again, the importance of this t- today is uh, that we're recording this is March 8, uh, 7th, 2022. We're in about the 12th day of, of fighting in the Ukraine. That has not been resolved. And one of the issues here, the United States continues to import a lot of oil from Russia, who we're trying to prevent from, you know, taking over the Ukraine. We're not stopping that. And we're not increasing our own oil production. And the reason for this is this uh, fastidious, uh, irrational uh, belief that we're destroying the climate. And I don't think we are. So uh, it certainly is something that is disputed by thousands of scientists. So we're going to discuss some of this today. That's why this discussion is important. Uh, So. There's a list of about seven different supposed causes of climate change, and I want to talk about some of them right now. One of them is that climate change has caused an increase in extreme weather events such as hurricanes and tornadoes. Um, Have you heard about that? Yes, I've heard people make that that argument, but I don't think they go back and far enough and look at some of the cycles we've had in the past as well. Well, that's what some of the scientists say exactly what you're saying, that a a correct look at at the frequency and intensity of hurricanes and tornadoes shows that there is no increase um, in these in recent years. So, uh, again, I'm not the scientist. I don't know. But I'm telling you what some of the scientists have said. And and the 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 conclusion that these things are happening is certainly uh, disputed by many of the top scientists. You can, I wrote the book, The Climate Change Hoax Argument, and you can go to my website, www.cpaulsmith.com. You can order a copy of it. It's not a long book. It's 116 pages, but it summarizes 
the main points in this debate, and it indicates the the scientists, and many of them are the world's top scientists who dispute this catastrophic climate change uh, scenario. Um, now, uh, another of the uh, of of the uh, of, of things that are happening that are blamed on climate change are the f- frequency of wildfires. In fact, I remember when Trump was president, uh, I think in his, his last year, 2020, they had a lot of wildfires in, in California. And some people blame uh, Trump on this because he did not embrace the climate change uh, hysteria that in, in actuality, probably the the um, severity of it was probably due to poor land management practices by the state of California by not cleaning up litter, by not allowing logging. In some cases, uh, we had a lot of older, you know, dead sending, and I think a lot of it by not allowing clearing along transmission lines, be it natural gas or electric, um, where you've if you've had an incident, and then by not allowing the clearing, supposedly for environmental reasons you've allowed uh, a, an incident that may have been a typical maintenance incident, incident in a power uh, electric power grid, for instance, to expand into a huge forest fire because they had too much litter near the power lines and the power companies were not permitted to keep those corridors clear, this type of thing that allowed the forest fire to, to basically get as big as they were. Expand that rapidly. Well, two other aspects of it, too, are uh, if you look at any particular fire to prove who caused it. I mean, what if somebody threw a cigarette out? It ignited the grass that caused the fire. Are you going to blame this on climate climate change? Right. I, I mean, that's kind of hard to do. And, and uh, another aspect of it is some of the fires are more uh, cause more damage because of the development that has occurred so that the fire that might have just destroyed a field 50 years ago now destroys a community. So the damage is greater, but that doesn't, the fact that the monetary damage is greater does not necessarily mean that any change in climate is causing it. So again, to your point that there's a lot of factors that they just, they just make a conclusion based on a very limited set of factors and they don't really look at all the different factors and considerations they should before they make such a conclusion. So I've got a scientist named Barry and, and some others that I mentioned in my book that, that dispute that this is happening. Another uh, said cause or, or effect from climate change is said to be sea rising. Now, the, the, the main cause uh, is, people will say, is that global warming is causing the seas to rise at an unprecedented rate and i think al gore in his his book the uh, inconvenient truth talks about i think it was 20 feet that he thought it was going to rise in about 100 years uh there was no scientific support for that um and and uh, actually the scientists dispute that the warming that is occurring is increasing the rate at which the seas are rising so this was interesting to me the scientists i read indicated the sea has been rising at a slow rate uh, beginning about 15,000 years ago. But, and, and they had, has only been rising slightly faster during the last 5,000 years. During the last 100 years, there has been a slight decrease in the rate of sea rise, according to IDSO. And, 
So he finds no, and, and there have been rise uh, increases in CO2. So these scientists dispute that CO2 increases are causing the uh, sea rise. I think Mr. Gore is uh, not looking at the inconvenient facts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, 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 the ice melt is said to have been causing sea rise, but actually this doesn't even make sense, as Wrightstone pointed out, because uh, ice in the water, when it melts, occupies less space. So the melting of ice in the water, it's only snow and ice that melt from the land that can cause sea rise. And and it's been pointed out, um, this was Itso and some others, that actually... Uh, in Antarctica, it is gaining ice mass, while apparently there's some decrease in ice mass in the Arctic area. So my point, again, I am not the expert, but it's interesting to read some scientists who dispute the rising of the seas. Yes, they continue to rise in, in every 100 years, but but there's not a drastic increase, and certainly the 20-foot rise that Mr. Gore mentioned is is just totally unsupported by science. Uh, an, another uh, cause or, or effect of, of climate change is said to be acidic oceans, that increased CO2 causes the oceans to be acidic. And uh, I don't, I'm not an expert in that, but I read uh, Dr. Spencer, uh, who specifically says, no, the studies refute that assertion. The EPA, by the way, if you remember uh, a program ago, it it alleged that the increases in the, in CO2 in the climate were causing acidic oceans. Another one is the, the population of polar bears. It is said that they're decreasing. The facts are that, according to Bunker, that the polar population is actually growing. So uh, whether or not you believe me, the point is some of the scientists dispute this. To say that the science is settled is clearly not correct. And before we spend a lot of wasteful money on projects that are not going to cause any change, let's let's get the science right. One of the other, uh, uh, maybe the primary factor affecting global temperatures is the sun, believe it or not. <laughs> and um, the, the, it's more than, there's more to the sun's input impact than just the, the warmth you feel. Um, Dr. Idso says that there's a significant correlation between climate patterning and solar activity. And he points out that, that um, there are sun's rays, there are sun's magnetic fields, there are solar winds and other solar cycles that have a major impact on global temperatures. For, for example, it takes the sun, the sun rotates in uh, 25 days around its equator, but around its poles, it rotates in 35 days. Did you know that? <laughs> I didn't either. And of course, it's not a solid mass. So, so that would explain the, the difference, but, but you have sunspots and different things there that, that can cause temperature changes on the earth. The, the point is, and, and then again, I mentioned the magnetic fields, but this has an effect on 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 the Earth. So the, the point is uh, that some of the scientists have said that the IPCC has not properly included these variables in its projections. The IPCC makes 
projections of what they think is going to happen with world temperatures. Um, and uh, although it's apparently difficult, it's hard to predict what these changes will be, but they are the main driver of, of the temperature on the earth. Uh, and I want to talk about cloud cover. Uh, cloud cloudiness, uh, of course, cools, cools the earth. And um, one of the scientists on this, Dr. Spencer, says that a change in cloud cover in the last 100 years uh, is responsible for 75% of the warming trend. He said many of the world temperature variations are caused by changes in the Pacific decadal oscillation or oscillation, and that they found that these changes were not uh, regarded by the IPC and its models. Uh, even uh, President Obama's climate czar, a man named John Holdren, said this, quote, an almost imperceptible change in cloudiness, say 1%, could, in, could account for the entire warming since the late 19th century. So, uh, and another Dr. Gavin Schmidt, uh, director of the Goddard Institute for Space Studies said in 2010 that clouds contribute more to greenhouse, the greenhouse effect than CO2. So the point is cloud cover uh, can have a major effect, and but they say the IPCC does not include cloud effects in its models, according to Dr. Spencer. All right, so these are some significant factors. Uh, oh, there's another one, aerosols. You know what aerosols are. Now, I'm not talking about just hairspray and spray paint. Uh, aerosols are the minuscule solid matter. It could be liquid, such as smoke particles from fires or ash from volcanoes or ocean spray or even windblown sand and soil th that are everywhere in the air. They have a major effect on the climate. And only about 4% of them originate from humans. The rest occur naturally. So water condenses uh, around these minuscule particles, which form clouds. Without the aerosol particles, there would be no clouds. And most aerosols reflect the sun's energy back into space and therefore are coolants. So it's interesting just to, to, to address these for a minute, because you, when you look at the smokestack and, and you think, oh, you're burning something, you're getting not only the CO2, but maybe other ash particles. Uh, yeah, I, I don't like them in my atmosphere, but actually they, they would serve more as a coolant than warmth. And so the point is that the, the, the aerosols uh, need to be contributed in, in climate studies and and uh, Sangster said that he's not found, uh, th excuse me, he's found that they are not included in the climate studies. And the question is, are the humans affecting the climate by our contributions to the atmosphere? And some of the scientists uh, dispute this. So, Jeff, let's just for a couple of minutes talk about the, uh, the cost or, uh, of eliminating fossil fuels uh, drastically eliminating fossil fuels in our society. Uh, you know, what would happen? Let, let's say, so right now, 80% of our energy is, is provided by fossil fuels. What if we cut back to like, like, uh, 40%? What would happen to our economy? Well, I, I think our economy would collapse. There's so many jobs, you know, aside from the ability to get relatively cheap, um, transportation, you know, to, to power your transportation, to heat your homes, uh, 
to run power plants, there's a lot of jobs that are that are associated with the fossil fuel industry. So it's going to hit us in any number of ways. And I think it would have a devastating effect on our economy. Yeah, it certain, certainly would. Uh, I, mean, I think it's already showing somewhat in, in the position we've been put in with the uh, the war in uh, Ukraine uh, with Russia and our over-dependence uh, after being somewhat energy independent in the uh, the preceding administration. And now we put ourselves in a very bad position. So the IPCC, Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, wants to drastically cut back the uh, the production of fossil fuel and the use of fossil fuels. But Dr. Sangster said this, shutting down the world economy and spending hundreds of billions of dollars per year to reduce the temperature and to try to reduce CO2 emissions will will only cause a a decrease of uh, 0.1 degrees centigrade in our temperatures, almost imperceptible amount. And so all the money we would spend, he concludes, is it's not only not going to work, but it actually would be counterproductive. And on the same line, Dr. Spencer wrote that implementing the green policies will destroy wealth, increase the price of virtually everything, drive industries overseas where they can pollute even more, substantially grow government, and greatly restrict personal freedoms. So the cost for the U.S. to rapidly shut down the burning of fossil fuels would be trillions of dollars. And it's and as Sankster said, the impact on poor developing nations would be nothing sort of short of genocide with millions of premature births resulting from lack of affordable energy. I'm not sure why he went after the premature births, but but many aspects. If, if you, In fact, uh, in, in my book, The Climate Change Hoax Argument, there's a chapter that talks about some of the uh, projects for underdeveloped countries that that the United States opposed because they said, well, we don't want them to have the energy because of the danger to our climate. And, and thus, some of these underdeveloped countries have already been prevented from having electric, electricity to help them have refrigeration and other benefits. And, and fossil fuels go into so many other things rather you know, than just powering our cars and power plants. The plastic that's used on your dashboard in your car, your keyboard on your computer, uh, so many products that we use every day um, are, you know, developed from fossil fuel, you know, from petroleum products. Yeah. Dr. Spencer said that, quote, penalizing the use of our most inexpensive energy sources will destroy wealth and lead to starvation for many of the world's malnourished. And uh, he's. Another point here is uh, now the European nations kind of embraced the climate change policies uh, before America did, but but many of them are coming to regret it. And um, and of course, it's important to note that three major nations who have not implemented these excessive uh, green energy policies are China, India and Russia who together. Um, I mean, what's that? at least about half the world almost and and the development in Russia they I mean they just blew it away and produced cheap goods and and interestingly they um they are giving outs they're giving exemptions in the Paris climate accord so the country that is probably the most uh environmentally conscious or at least one of the most the United States 
is the most penalized, contributes the most to the Paris Climate Accord, um, and we have been doing the least amount of environmental impact of uh, the major, um, you know, right. economies in the world. So it, the whole thing is just a bad idea, top to bottom. Um, Dr. Tim Ball reports that Germany, Spain, and Britain are, have become disillusioned with some of these uh, restrictions they've, they've been making. And science does not support the assertion that the current or projected increases in CO2 pose a threat to the health and safety of the world. Science does support a finding that increases in CO2 will likely contribute to increased crop yield, reductions in erosion. Tornadoes, hurricanes, and wildfires are not increasing in frequency or intensity. Science, uh, scientific evidence does not support the assertion that the continued use of fossil fuels will damage that atmosphere and cause either rising sea levels or other damage to the world. In other words, science confirms that climate change hysteria is not based upon legitimate scientific findings. And as we talked about it, it's more of a, uh, you know, political um, argument or, you know, to some people, this has become kind of a religion. There is no widespread consensus that humans are causing catastrophic climate change. Thanks for joining with us for this discussion today. And just remember that the liberties we enjoy in America can be maintained only by its citizens being moral, informed participants in our democratic processes. The closing argument can help us to do this. This is Paul Smith. We'll see you next time.